0: Welcome inside the Caravan of Lore, or as we like to say here, the Caravan of the Library of Lore. Thank you for joining us tonight. Our episode that you will listen to very shortly here is a call-in show that we did. Uh, We titled it Free Shannon. Uh, Jennifer and myself, in our own way of the day and age of protests over everything, Uh, Shannon and myself and Jennifer um, all conversed with each other. And between Jennifer and myself, we figured, you know, let's have our own demonstration for Shannon going to jail without uh, any warning. And she was rather taken back by it over at Into the Fray Radio, and she wasn't even able to post comments in her own group that she created. She got locked out for one week. And I think that's kind of unfair. At least give uh, the podcasters a little bit of warning uh, before they approach any kind of jail time. That's fine to go ahead and punish somebody, but you really should send them a warning first. But anyway, this isn't going to get on a soapbox type of show. This is just our support for Shannon LeGros over at Into the Furry Radio. You know, she's a really good friend of mine, and I know she's a good friend of most of you that are listening. If you haven't had a chance yet, I would encourage you to go listen to any episode of Into the Freight Radio. And all new episodes air every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, the Caravan Library Allure. Of course, we posted our free Shannon call-in show, and of course, every time somebody used that term, Free Shannon, well, Jennifer and myself had to take a alcoholic beverage shot. My shot of choice was a coffee liqueur, and Jennifer was doing shots of rum, undiluted, of course. Um, And, of course, by the end of the show, we had a smile on our face, and we felt a little bit better about Shannon sitting in jail and us not. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this was our support to her. I hope you enjoy it. We had uh, three fabulous guests call in the show, and, of course, we all discussed uh, some really interesting subject matters, and I think you're going to find one of them from Jarrah Best, um, his encounter that he just had last week. It's um it was scary. I don't know any other word that would metaphorically describe what he told us. But if any of you listening have ever had or heard an event similar to what happened to Jera, I would greatly appreciate it and you know you could put it in the comments and then I'll share it with Jera or Jera will pick up on it on his own. Um Sean Forker The Fork Chop Forker over at Arcane Radio uh, was gracious enough to call our show. If you are not familiar with Arcane Radio, well, Sean is the maestro behind Arcane Radio. And it, too, is a favorite podcast of mine. Um, I have listened to just about every episode. Apparently, though, I missed an early episode when Sean had shared an encounter that he had But uh, he's going to be on the Caravan Library of Lore show. That'll be coming up soon. Uh, We haven't set a a date yet, but that'll be happening soon. And, uh, you know, he's a wonderful guy as well. I can't say anything bad about anybody in this community. There's just... Nobody that's involved in the Caravan or in the Into the Fray Radio or Arcane Radio or Somewhere in the Skies podcast. Everybody is just so gracious and warm and friendly and informative and intelligent. And the list does go on. And uh, last but not least, Bobby Rich joined us from Modesta, California. He called in and shared kind of a gruesome quick tale at the beginning of the call-in show (laughs) that kind of was a little upsetting but so be it so squinch those butt cheeks together when you hear that story because yuck Um, but he shared you know somewhat of his uh, Bigfoot encounter which I greatly appreciated him sharing it and he also sent over a video uh, showing the location As to where the events took place, and you can find that over at the Caravan Library of Lore group on the Facebook page. So feel free to go over there and give that a watch, too. So, with that said, on with the call in show. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Oh, who do we have joining us from Modesta, California? Hello,
1: Modesta. You won the
2: only one. The one and only who?
1: Bobby Rich.
2: No way. <laughs> hey, man.
0: Oh, hey, Bobby. How's it going? See, I would have figured you would have called, being that it's out of Modesta. I would have kind of figured as much. All right. Our, our scary talk for tonight is bad toe infections. So do you have any bad toe infection stories you'd like He's to kidding. share
1: with us? Yeah, <laughs> I a couple times on the coffee table.
2: Ow, ow. So how have you so been? Why is it?
1: Oh no, no. Actually, I do have a horrible story. Oh God. Okay, do share. Okay, when... do share. <laughs> this is a family when show. My, when my middle kid was like uh, probably one or two years old, I put him in his high chair, and I was putting the uh, tray on it. And he kicked it off, and the thing oh. fell down and landed on my big toe toenail.
2: Oh man! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So pain in my life. It de- developed from the big old blood blisters underneath the uh, toenail. Oh It yeah. was like excruciating pain from the pressure. I finally had to go wow. to the hospital. Hospital, and they stuck a uh, was like a cauterized disease tooth- for surgery. <laughs> right. Burned a hole through the toenail until I got down to the blood and let off the pressure. Okay.
2: All right. See, he doesn't even need to say
0: free that's Shannon, and I need to take a drink just because of that. Oh, good God.
2: Oh, that's that good is pastor. horrible
0: in itself. We didn't hear you say the magic words. The whole idea was to get Jennifer drunk by using that
2: catchphrase. <laughs>
0: What's why the catchphrase,
2: Bobby? Shannon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what did Shannon do this time? What was that? Well. I said, why is Shannon in jail? What'd she do this time? Oh, she. Nothing. she
3: we, yeah, we need to tell everybody why she's in jail. Why are we free? I thought Bobby
0: knew.
2: Yeah,
0: well, know. she just posted way too much back to back in other groups and since Shannon isn't purchasing into advertising on her personal site to post in other groups or the fact that she's not buying from the Facebook advertisers. So they locked her up because she's, you know, posting way too much without contributing to the advertisers. And I think that's absolutely BS because they should have – at least giving her a warning hey, you know, with this many posts, you're getting near your limit, and we don't want to have to lock you up. But they just went ahead and locked her up and
1: does locked her off for a week. Yeah, originally I thought she had like had too much tequila and was dancing, dancing on that virtual Facebook <laughs> table.
0: Well, see, that's not to say that she didn't.
2: <laughs> I we just didn't get to see it. Was Facebook.
3: Yeah. I was on one of my friend's profiles and I was, you know, liking a bunch of their pictures just so they'd wake up and have like 100 million notifications from me. And uh, after so many, I did, there was a warning that popped up that says, we don't think that you're using this correctly. If you, you know, and, and, but I stopped and I never got put in jail. Who
0: who are you, Nazi? (laughs) Okay, Zuckerberg Nazi. (laughs) Who are you to tell me you don't think I'm using this correctly?
1: Come on. I got, I got the nice. uh, spam notification once myself. Oh, you did? <laughs> nice. I was, I was uh, advertising, you know, when uh, Into the Fray came on. Right. Right. i uh, a thing in all the groups, and I got one of those warnings from, so I didn't post anymore.
2: Mm. Wow,
0: that's kind of crazy, considering how much I have posted, especially as of mm-hmm. late with the caravan. And hitting all the other groups, and I haven't gotten any notification, at least not that I'm aware of. But I check our email, right. and I don't know if it comes through email or if they send you it in a no, PM. I or. think it's the. Some it's
1: Facebook. like a, uh, you know, the, like those Microsoft warning windows that pop oh, up if something goes wrong. That's oh, the, mm-hmm. one okay. of those. right.
2: Hmm, very
0: interesting. Well, you know what? If Facebook keeps up this type of attitude, they're just gonna put themselves out of business because you don't treat your customers this way. I'm sorry you don't. And then the next Uh social media entity is gonna step up into place and say, No, we won't do that to you. Hey Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Uh, Yeah. Very good, Jen.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I hear those. All right,
0: right, (laughs) Williamsport, Pennsylvania. I can only guess who this is. Shannon. Oh, oh, thanks. I'm You're taking a drink. There you go. Have a shot, Jen.
2: Oh, here mm. you go. Wow. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Driving, so it's not safe. I
1: yeah. just left the bus, oh, okay. so I'm, I'm heading home.
2: Hi, Sean. How, how are great. you, buddy?
1: I'm wonderful. How are you?
2: <laughs> we're,
0: we're doing good, considering the fact okay. that you
1: really kind of kicked me off on
0: your last show. I'm like, come on, I never heard your story. And I'm like, okay, you have to come on the caravan and share your story, because between Lon and Butch saying, yeah, it was a pretty creepy story, Mm -hmm. I'm like, now I'm totally intrigued. So where can I find that story at?
1: Well, uh, you can go back to some of the old shows, uh, but I'll be glad to come on another time with you guys and actually do it with you if if you'd like. I'll go through the whole thing. I would love that. It's... it's, uh, it was a life-changing experience for me, and and my research, and it took me a long time to get over it.
2: Right. Well, I but, just told uh, Jennifer it, a little all while ago. Yeah,
0: okay, because I told Jennifer a little while ago that um, you're kind of getting back into the bigfoot research and familiarity with the bigfoot thing. So yeah, that'll be kind of cool. But I, yeah, I'm really interested in hearing what that whole story was. Although Lon tended to think it seemed to be of a uh, paranormal type of
1: Lon? whatever. Lon event. Yeah, I experienced an ultra terrestrial, which I, I'm not certain what that is. I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds scary.
0: Ultra terrestrial?
1: Ultra terrestrial? How much
0: okay wow that's a new that's a new word and that's a big word (laughs) we'll have to get a spelling of that wow that's crazy
2: that's all right so you
0: okay so you were at the bar celebrating your employer's birthday
1: my employee one of my youngest 21 today so oh oh, happy birthday Right on. So right. in other words
0: in other words, you're broke right now.
1: Oh, it was a nice small group. I don't get too fancy for these things because you're the boss and you don't We want to set a good example, you know. You want to make sure everybody gets something. No, right
0: this you. is true.
1: Of course.
0: of course. Hey Sean, Bobby's on the other side too with us. Say hi, Bobby. Hey, how's it
1: going? <laughs> hi, Bobby. How are you? Doing okay.
0: See, isn't this a wonderful call-in show? And Jennifer's sitting over here in a onesie drinking.
3: <laughs> it's cold. My heater broke. I want
1: to, I want to know something. <laughs> yes. yes? Where did this uh, new name for Jennifer come from? From Alien Planet or what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> um,
3: no, I I had spoken to someone who practices, um, like, shamanism. And she had done a journey for me, and it was the name that was given to her by a um, spirit ancestor of mine.
2: Okay, cool.
0: Right. But see, the same thing Jennifer did is what what you ended up, or whoever did it, when they changed your name to Bono Russell, and you had to deal with it for sixty days. <laughs> <That's>
2: horrible.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I have so Jen- I spelled it. <laughs> Jen stuck with it for the next, what, 48 days or something? I don't know. I am. Was it
1: six or nine days? I don't remember. That was horrible, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of confusion going on.
0: May the real Bono Russell please stand up. (laughs)
2: That
3: was epic. (laughs) Yeah, I totally forgot
1: about that. Well, hey. uh, The the pictures in the... uh, profile are so small and bottom as oh. bald as I am. So, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I put background on my picture so it would stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember
3: that now.
0: So, so Sean, you're driving right now?
1: I just walked in the front door. <laughs> Very short drive.
2: <laughs> nice. Wow. How, how cool. convenient for you. All
0: right. Well, that's cool. You can always cut out whenever if you have to. He's running to the bathroom right now going, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you love small towns. Well, I does know, right? Have
1: a story? A
3: scary one? I love stories.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, a, a quick. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> and Sean's like, yeah, I got to pee really bad. That's pretty scary.
1: That's a scary. Well, you know, I, real quick, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. These stories that have been popping up lately of people seeing this—these beings with this kind of shimmering predator-type effect—have you guys guys familiar with those? Yes, yes. I haven't heard about it yet. Oh, I I read a news article the other day about a lady and her husband who bought a uh, property in southwestern Western Pennsylvania, and they were out driving around their land trying to. Uh, you know find nice places to go off the beaten path, and as they were spotlighting for deer, they both caught this glimmer of something that was like starting to materialize, and as they caught it, it kind of stopped in mid mid movement, and like nobody moved, and the husband didn't want to say anything to the wife, and the wife didn't want to say anything to the husband because neither one of them had the cognizance of realizing they were both looking at the same mm. things they were trying to play it off. And then wow. they kind of came to in terms of what they saw, the thing took off and flew down an embankment. But they saw it materialize almost out of out of thin air. And I, I've been reading and hearing a lot more of these type stories over the last couple of years. And that that's pretty frightening. Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: that you say the last couple of years, yes, I have too probably it would be pretty close to two years. Um, And I was actually first made aware of it um, from, uh, yeah, the missing 411. I forget who the gentleman's wife was, that that she was, yeah, she, she was, I believe, either hunting or was out in the woods and that she saw it and she took a picture. But the picture that she got was, it's so... You can't tell anything. It just looks like a photograph of somebody's hair. But she mm-hmm. claims that she was watching this translucent thing move from the trees, and it just took her by complete and total surprise. And that's that was the initial story that I heard. And then over the over you know the past two years, I've heard stories here and there referring to the fact of the predator effect of it's a translucent but as it moves you're able to see the distortion of the fabric of you know the images around it kind of distort somewhat as it moves but it's still transparent and it's kind of creepy actually there's and, yeah, it's very and strange. it seems like yeah a lot of people seem to refer to it as the predator uh, referring to the movie when it was invisible and moving about, yeah, you could kind of see it. And they were like, "Yes, yeah, spot on. That's exactly what I saw." I'm like, "No, that was in a movie. This can't be real." So, what, well, here's with you question. know, a lot of witness testimonies, it's kind of scary. I, who knows? <laughs> yes, question.
3: Out of all, and this is a question for all of you. Out of all the different monsters, be it TV lore, legends, whatever books, what would be the one thing that scares you the most that you wouldn't want to be real?
0: Ooh, that's... Dog Man! Oh. <laughs> wow, that was a right yeah, spot on there, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, Dog Man. Right. Um, I, you know, the Dog Man. As interesting as it is, and for the testimonies that I've heard about the dogman, and then to see the drawings that Linda Gottfried has done from, you know, Mm -hmm. the witness testimonies, her her dogman illustrations are somewhat different. It looks as if you just took a very large German shepherd and pushed it by the chest to stand upright on its hind leg. But the illustrations that you see, you know, let's say a Google search of the dog man, you're all coming up with this super muscular, drooling, big fanged looking werewolf thing. And some people say, yeah, that's what I saw. But, you know, from Linda's description, it's more just like a German Shepherd canine that you just stood up on its hind legs, and that's how this thing is moving about. So, yeah, I don't want to see either one. Or, or have an encounter with either one. I, I appreciate the fact that that was a pretty quick answer, but as far as my answer goes, uh, I don't know. Probably, I think the thing that I had the biggest fear of for the longest time, and I still kind of fear it, is a little a little gray alien. Stop. Mm. I don't know. That just oh, kind of hey. creeped me else
3: came
0: on. Hey, Eureka, California. Who's yeah. that from Eureka? Jara, hey, what's up? Jara, Jennifer sitting over here. We have Bobby sitting (laughs) over here, and and Sean, the fork chop forker, is sitting over here. He's he just got home from a binge. How are you, Jara?
1: I'm well. How about
0: you guys? We're doing okay. You came into the midst of the conversation of what creature, whether it's fantasy, movie, or lore, scares you the most. And we got a dog man out of the way and the little gray alien out of the way. Um, we were talking about what was, what the predator type and visibility. I don't know. Sean, what was yours? What's your scariest
1: Well, someone took creature? dog man and you took little gray aliens, which is another one of my biggest fears. Ooh. Man, you know, <laughs> I'd have to go with Dogman, too. That, nothing good yeah. comes from
0: Dogman. No good feelings no.
1: whatsoever. I agree. Uh,
3: yeah.
0: As Darkwater says, and I have to agree with him, it's the terrorists of the cryptids. That's
3: true. Out of all the encounters, I, and we talked about this a while ago, you know, you hear about Sasquatch, and he'll just kind of like, He'll make sounds or he'll maybe go the other way or whatever it is, you know. And then the Mothman was kind of the same way-ish. But Dogman just seems like it's pure evil. There's no, like you see it and you're done is just how it seems to me.
0: This is very true.
3: So um, you, I don't Jeff? know if
0: any of you, yeah, Jara, what's yours?
1: Black Eyed Kids. Oh, my God! All
2: right, that- that's,
1: right.
2: See, oh. There you go.
1: Right there. Yeah, it is. Well, they gotta, yeah, they knock on your door. I mean, your home. That's you know, that, right. that's your uh, your your space, man. You know, it's like now you got this thing at your front door. Yeah, no thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and see like that, that
3: plays. Oh yeah. No, that plays into my whole like my fear <laughs> of of peepholes. I'm just constantly, I just feel like I'm going to see something, you know, on the other side of the door. I right. Would like so
1: that's that. the, yeah, that's the ultimate home invader right there, you know? That's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that just, you know, that's just, yeah, that's the creepiest thing there is, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know why. It's just. Yeah.
3: Is. Well, and then there's those encounters where they come up to your car. Oh, it would just make me feel like there's nothing. It's, it's like the movies where you're running as fast as you can, but it just, you know, it walks and it just keeps, you know, <laughs> you can't get away.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah how I did Mike Myers ever this, do that? I don't know.
1: You're out <laughs> on the deserted road and a little kid walking alongside the road and you stop to see what they are doing and they turn right? around and black guy is staring at you. Oh yeah,
0: God. No, 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 no. Thank you. No. See, but that is relatively close to the, you know, the big-eyed, almond-eyed, whatever you want to refer to it, eyed little gray alien. I'd put that in the same category as the black-eyed kids because they're small. I could deal with, mm-hmm. with a large monster. Give me a large monster because I can at least see you and I can get out of your way.
1: But with a little exactly. kid or
0: a little midget type of alien, you should sneak around and hide in places. I can't see you. Uh, that's
2: terrifying to me. Well, I yeah, do
1: know. The, movies, the thing about both is movies haven't really taught us how to deal with them yet either.
3: Right. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that's in, true. Thanks
1: to movies, we can fight anything but black-eyed kids and little gray aliens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, know, I, I don't know. know. That's the creepiest thing on the planet to me. It's just the thought of ever encountering that.
2: Well, they oh, haven't made a no. movie
1: with black-eyed children yet, have they? What? Yep. They haven't made a movie with black-eyed children yet, have they? Man,
3: no, I don't, no, think, I don't think so. I think they're working on it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Google that, it. you
0: know, Hollywood has put out one, but I know that there's been short films, uh, indie films oh, that were done on the black-eyed kids. I don't know the name of it offhand, but I have seen advertising Ooh, for
2: a, go. a short
0: film. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> I Googled the it. Noticer. Yeah, she's on it. So, the noticer, <laughs> um, thank you.
3: There's one called B.E.K., Black Eyed Kids, uh, that came out in 2012. And then there's another one, Black Eyed Children, Let Me In, 2015.
0: No, I'm not letting you in. No. No.
3: <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Okay, so here's another question. I don't know if, does everybody know who Indrid Cold is?
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. Not me. Okay,
1: so okay. we got. Oh, no. Nope. Okay, Vance, so Bobby, Bobby and Jira, you
0: are unfamiliar with Indrid Cold?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty ignorant, oh, actually
0: no that's okay that's fine that's what we're here at the caravan of lore to share information for things you may not know
2: um
0: back in 1966 sean correct me if i'm wrong if you know something and i forget the gentleman's name because i've only heard it about 150,000 times but um back in 1966 This gentleman was driving home, and a car passed him. He was in his work van. He was a salesman. Um, A car passed him at a high rate of speed, and right behind that was another vehicle that passed him, turned in front of his van, but it was hovering, and he referred to it then as a UFO. And A door opened on the side, and a gentleman got out of this vehicle and walked up to the passenger side of the van and asked him to roll down his window in which therefore he noticed that he was being talked to telepathically and this this entity introduced himself as cold c o l d um it was later on after that experience that he had more encounters and then put two and two together that the first name was injured cold but his story was so profound and it never changed and the thing was that this man disappeared for you know, six months at a time. He would disappear for a year at a time. He had a family, a wife, you know, kids. Um, they've interviewed the daughter, and the daughter's like, what, my dad just disappeared.
2: Person.
0: I'm sorry?
1: Woodrow Derenberger.
0: Yes. Yeah. Woodrow Derenberger. Correct. Thank you. See, I, I knew I could count on you, Sean. <laughs>
2: that's
0: that's why we hang out at the bars together.
2: There you
0: go. Um, but... um. Yeah, he would disappear for a period of time, and, you know, he would just tell his family, which he didn't like to share much of it because he couldn't figure a lot of things out, um, that he was taken to Indrid's home planet, and that he meant no harm to anybody, but he shared so much information. And the thing was, the daughter and the wife of Woodrow would have a conversation that, Woodrow already knew the outcome and what the family had already done earlier that day, even though he wasn't present for it. He had some sort of telepathic residual effect because of his interaction with Indrid Cold. So then the thing is, was Indrid Cold a real entity, an alien species, or was this just from a man who was suffering severe mental illness and? was just able to figure things out on his own. I don't know. But the daughter claims that Idrid Cold is a real entity. He happened to be at Woodrow's funeral when after he passed away, which I found that rather fascinating. And they all describe him looking the same way, so they knew who he was. It just, But, see, the grinning man kind of got mixed up without really any intent just because Woodrow in his initial interview said the man had a smile on his face and from there I think you know it just kind of got exaggerated into this big smile and it turned into the grinning man and something of evil intent and it never really was that it was just that he seemed to be gentlemanly had a smile on his face but spoke telepathically only the whole story is really fascinating if none of you have Ever listened to his interview that Woodrow did he did an interview uh, the following day after this event happened to him so it was pretty fresh in his mind and it's an interesting interview it kind of creeps you out because you're
3: well my my question was for those that that know who he is if if you were driving on the road and you happened to be approached by him what would you do
1: well, I wouldn't roll my window. um
2: Wait. Yeah, right? What? <laughs> he would not well, roll his different. window down.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> that's assuming you have control, though. If he can telepathically communicate, how would you have any control over what's going on? Maybe he could do more than just communicate. Maybe he could control what you mm. were doing. Right.
2: Right? Oh,
0: See, in Woodrow's initial interview, he said, "We mean you no harm. We want nothing for you but happiness." And you know, he was trying to re- he was trying to reduce the fear factor. And he gave Woodrow the option: he could either talk telepathically back to Indrid Cold, or he could verbally speak to him. Which he said he chose to verbally speak um, because his brain was racing with you know fear and everything else. I'm sure I would be pretty scared, I
2: you know, because
0: then it takes something from what you are skeptic about and now slams it right into your face as reality. Yeah, I'd be kind of scared. I'd want to know what he wants, though. Well, what do you want? (laughs) That's
2: true. I got an empty wallet. I'd be so (laughs) tempted to
3: talk to him. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'd want to talk to him and see
2: what's up.
1: (laughs)
0: Come on, Jira. How many aliens have you spoke to in the last year?
1: Absolutely none. Good. <laughs> well, no. Are you sure about that? I talked to a lot of strange people when you consider where I live, so I could have it just didn't realize it. You know, <clears oh, <clears <throat> yeah, there, I'm there's with, another I yeah, I'm, go on. With, I'm I'm kind of dealing with my own paranormal PTSD right now because mm. I you. I, I'm not a, well I'm skeptical when it comes to humanity, but I'm not too skeptical about the possibility of you know a greater world than we allow for generally okay, right. a couple of days a couple of days ago I had an experience that uh, was uh pretty pretty much hard I, well i actually i'm still dealing with it in a kind of bizarre sort of way that has absolutely really removed a lot of skepticism, I guess is a good way to put it. And it's oh, not, you wow. know oh, wow. And it wasn't it wasn't one of those experiences where I recorded an EVP or I got a really, you know, pretty cool photograph or something like that. It was a uh, like a close encounter the third time but it was paranormal. And
2: Okay. I don't
1: know. It's it's left me it well. See, that happened Wednesday afternoon. Here it is Saturday evening, and I'm still processing. Okay. <laughs> I'm like processing, mm-hmm. you know. And right. um, so for you know. I, I, and so when you were talking about this guy and his experience on the side of the road, and how sobering and that would be for a person. I, I'm I really uh, I was relating to that intently. It like, yeah, I get it completely. So, wow. I don't know. Well, you
0: know? do you want to share a little bit of what your experience was?
1: Oh yeah, you know, I was, um, I, I, I kind of a bit of a specialized electrical. I, I do stuff, and I, uh, we, we've been working on this project here close uh, to the area, where they're converting an old building. They're reusing reusing an old building. And I've been in there a lot over the past year. And we're getting close to finally finishing it up. So I wanted to make sure that all of our, you know, data wires were run properly, that everything that needed to be done, because I'm kind of in charge of the infrastructure as far as that goes, everything's ready to go. And it's been a real chore of a job anyway. And nobody's been happy working there, it seems like. And uh, I was in there Thursday afternoon, and it was me and two other people we were really close to one another and all and we were going and i we were talking and about the job and i and I suggested we go up to the second floor to uh check some stuff out and the next thing I know and the only way I can describe this is it was like I had a body check as far as like somebody wasn't. Like somebody shoved me with their hands as much as like somebody hit me really hard with their body, like you know when somebody mm-hmm. kind of bumps into you well it it knocked me off my feet to my left. I mean if you fall, you fall forward generally, but this I was right. to my left, and I went into a pile of construction debris, and I was like, "Oh, great, you know and but i I'm pretty you know well balanced person." So I had almost managed to recover from this and not go down when I received a second blow that oh, no. finished it. Finished the job and it, it drove me mm. into this really gross pile of construction stuff. You know, old chunks of board, you know, whatever pipe right. conduit. It was it was not a it wasn't a fun place to go down in and a kid who was with me my my helper he he was he would i remember when i got up he was just looking at me like he was he was as dazed as i was and i said he goes man are you okay are you okay i said yeah, yeah i guess you know <laughs> but at the time i really wasn't because i was like what the hell happened you know i was
2: right I was trying
1: to rationalize your physical world so all i could think of was how did i trip like that there wasn't anybody close enough to shove me what just happened to me, and even I, you know, I. The second shove was what was really profound. I mean, I it was just weird. And, uh-huh. Uh huh. Wow. You know, it, it, the long short of it, you know, I, I'm pretty bruised up, and I have a huge gash knocked out of my left leg, which mm-hmm. you know required some suturing to close. But you know, no biggie. Mm-hmm. But after. It, things settled down, and my head—I was my mind was just racing because I'm when you sleep, I'm kind of logical, so I was trying to make sense of what had just went down. And I really wow. And so I, I was outside, and that's with a kid that I work with, uh, Logan. He goes, "Hey, dude!" He goes, "What? What? What happened?" And I go, well, "I don't know." I, you know, I guess I tripped. He goes, "People don't trip sideways." <laughs> <I> said, well, <laughs> right. Right. He goes, "No." He goes. The part I don't get is, I was watching you fall. And he says, and he described it as a ninja move. Like he goes, what was that ninja move you did? He said that just, you know, were you trying to like backflip over that stuff? And I was like, no, not really. And I think that what he was talking about was the second shove <laughs> that ensured that uh, I went face down into this crap. And uh,
2: mm.
1: you know, the back the backstory on this place is it's an old funeral home. And they, uh, oh, I don't put,
2: well, there you I don't
1: go. A, you know, I don't put a lot. Of, you know, it's like people go out, of the, you know, cemeteries haunted, the funeral home haunted. Anything could be haunted if there's such a thing as being haunted. But I guess it's more, you know, concentrated there. But it's, uh, yeah, it, it was just bizarre. <laughs> and I'm still sitting, like, I was sitting here, like an hour ago on my front porch, going, "Wow, that's the weirdest thing ever!" Is you know. And this thing about ghosts can't yeah. hurt you, that's what it was. I I'm still, you know, ghosts, I don't know if it's ghosts or something. You know, they can't hurt you. Well, boy, I guess they could if they want to. <laughs> you know, not been at the head of the stairs. You of know, really got hurt. Oh, you know? right. So, so, as it is, I, you know, I got like eight stitches and a, a really sore leg, so good enough.
3: See, I've seen a lot of... Stuff that was reported where people had um experiences where they ended up with scratches or bruises on their body from they didn't know what, and Vance, you and I have talked about it before where i I think that the um message should change about ghosts and stuff that you know a lot i mean for me personally in my from what I've experienced since I was a little kid. I don't sit there and tell people, "Oh no, ghosts aren't real. Oh, ghosts can't hurt you," because I've had a way different experience, and so
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, I don't want to bring—I don't know—I don't want to lie and be like, "Oh no." Yeah, open that
2: coming. door, That's, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm really sorry that you like, yeah.
1: went through that. Yeah. You know, it was like the—I I was thinking about this too earlier. It's like when you're, you know what a punching bag is. Uh-huh. Sure.
2: They, uh huh. Sure.
1: That's what it felt like. It's so like somebody had this, like it hit me really hard with the punching bag. I mean, that was. I've been really. I've obviously I've been struggling with this and thinking it about a lot. But uh, mm-hmm. it's. It was like I was. There was a lot of like panic energy behind this, but it didn't feel like hands. It just felt like made it hit me with the punching bag really hard, not to. Mm-hmm. twice. <laughs> the second time was like, wow. You know, I, I don't know. I, needless to say, um, I'm gonna be really careful on it because I, I, I had this part project isn't finished yet. but I'm, you know, I might be finished with this product or project. I'm just not sure. It's bizarre, right. right? Well,
0: I can't so say I blame thing. you. And you know, how are you gonna change your footing? when you're trying to do a job to protect yourself um, I I mean there's some suggestions I could throw out there but we none of us probably know what you're dealing with you know we immediately will jump to that conclusion that it's a ghost but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a ghost it could be an alien entity it could be just you know a ball of energy that's Shooting around the room that has nowhere to go. Uh, who knows yeah. what category you could actually put this thing in, or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I like Jennifer said. I've I've heard many many stories of you know physical touch and you know physical damage, but not being pushed to that extent to being knocked over. Yeah, I've heard of it, but. With that kind of force, it seems like whatever it was that you did that caused that kind of an aggressive behavior back to you, and here you're scratching your head going, Well, what did I do before that that would have ticked something off? Who knows? But it's at a funeral home. Well, I find that kind of,
3: it's kind interesting of coincidental. If there was something in the building, or I mean, because I don't know. For me, cemeteries I don't look at cemeteries as necessarily haunted just because there's no real tie to right. the cemetery itself. um I would assume that the thing the I came and talked um the same thing would be um for funeral homes um, Do you know the story of the land or the building before it was a funeral home?
1: You know it's a funeral home that was built there in town. Probably somewhere in the early 1900s, and it remained a funeral home there for well over 100, mm-hmm. well for more than a hundred years. It shut down about I think four years ago is when they finally closed the doors. And no. they, um, and so I mean that's its history. Is it's you know Eureka's a really rocky town, very mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sure good. But yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange deal. It really is.
2: Well, the
0: only thing that immediately jumps to mind, if you say that it's that old, um, the embalming process is not that old. It used to be, you know, then, okay, you had a deceased person, quick, do a quick layout in the casket, say your final words, close the casket, get that thing buried. Um, Who's to say that this entity wasn't, or person, whatever, wasn't really totally dead yet may have still been brain alive who knows but was put in the casket and sent away and especially there
2: 100 so many years crazy ago
0: stories about
3: yeah. being very alive I, um, have, all of you i'm just, just like, i'm gonna throw this out there if any of you have not seen lore yet you need to i loved it mm, oh my gosh.
2: yeah
0: yeah it's from the podcast lore and it's now uh-huh. uh it's a now a
3: show.
0: a visual TV well, um, show.
3: Amazon. I liked it. It was good. And there was there was an episode about being buried alive and and coming mm-hmm. back to life and the bells. Could you imagine that? Yes. Seriously? Are you Thinking all familiar with that,
2: like- that? That the term
0: "Saved by the Bell" was actually oh, yeah. refers to that.
1: I learned um, that last week.
0: Yeah, that's kind of messed mm-hmm. up that here they would, you know, in case the person in the casket was still alive, I'll pull on the string and maybe somebody might hear the bell ringing and uh, time to dig you up and let you out. That's yeah. terrifying. Uh, <laughs> screw you. Uh-uh. That's terrifying. And I'm, okay, we'll do the embalming thing. At least we'll make sure that you're dead before you get in the ground. Uh, I don't yeah. know, Joe, That's That's a... Thank you for sharing that story. That's um, pretty yeah. fascinating. Especially and who's to say, you know, some new. of our listeners may uh, yeah. may have had an experience like that, and if they have and you're listening to this episode, you know, do chime in. Maybe uh, you can give Jarrah a little bit of heads-up of your experience and maybe put a couple pieces together to what this experience actually motivated it or created it, a physical event like that.
1: Yeah, and why it picked I, on me.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. That was my point. What was it that you would have done to tick off this energy to the point where it would want to knock you out like that and throw you into a pile of construction rubbish?
3: You know, um, yeah, it's a really yeah. wild idea. You know, I mean, I mean, I believe in 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 reincarnation and. And soul groups, you know, you're attracted to certain people into your life, and you might have known each other in a past life and stuff. And it'd be interesting if if Jarrah's soul knew this past one, you know, the one that. Oh, great. Could now
0: Jarrah's got to figure out what he did in a past <laughs> no. life. That's good. You know, who did I
2: pick on in school? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no doubt. I got
2: enough people at No this pressure. I got to worry about. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. No pressure there. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, that's was. a good philosophy, though. I like that philosophy. That's who's to say if you're on oh, no. your second or third time around here, who did you start a fight with in the past, and they're coming back <laughs> to bite you again?
1: Right. Oh. Yeah.
2: That's well, creepy. you
1: know this is. This, this, Eureka's kind of a creepy town, period. I mean, it's it's, it's an interesting place. It's, uh, a little rough around the edges is a nice way to put it.
2: Right.
0: I have been through, through Eureka. I don't believe I really stayed there. I was passing through. Um, but, geez, that was probably 20 years ago, if not a little bit longer than that. I'm sure things may have changed somewhat, but that's my only experience with eureka so yeah if you say that it's you know kind of creepy and rough around the edges i'll take your word for it you would know better than i would
3: yeah, i want um, to go down there i need to go frolicking in the uh redwoods
1: it's a neat place it's frolicking. Here, but it's uh you yeah. know it's one of these places we also Right close to our downtown, just across this little tiny amount of water, there's what they call Indian Island, and
2: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: that that was the scene of a horrific massacre that occurred. You know, 100 and gosh, it's been like 140 years ago now, where you know, just in the, a bunch of guys got drunk and decided they'd cross the water and go kill everybody over there, and uh, it was mostly women and kids, of course, and old people. So I mean, there's just been a lot of like harsh stuff that's happened around here. It's, right. So it's uh, it's, wow. it's you know it's it's that part of California that nobody knows there because this ain't L.A. It's it's its own right. little enclave of whatever it is.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? That you know, Sean, like where you're at. I know there's so many areas in in PA that is just It's got its – there's a lot of little creep centers all over the place. I have them out by me, too. I know Jennifer does out by her. What I don't know is Modesta, California. What kind of creep factor goes on out there, Bobby? Uh, We don't have any creep
1: factor here. Yeah. I
0: didn't think so. Way to go, Bobby. You're in the wrong community. (laughs) You have to have something creepy going on there. You just got to
2: dig around. And it, it
1: UFOs, right, Bobby? Well, actually, yeah. I, well, the UFO I told you about was up deer hunting. That was up by Mount Lassen. The, about mm-hmm. a month ago, I saw. I don't. I'm not going to say it's a UFO, but it was the oddest mm-hmm. thing I've ever seen in my life. It was. Uh, I was out. It was late afternoon. I stepped outside. This is like a month ago, and there was this. It was like a snake extremely high, high in the sky. The, what hmm. would be the head of it was extremely shiny, reflecting from the sun, and there was like a
2: uh-huh. small
1: smoke trail behind it. It was going I mean, supersonic from the north to the south, and wow. it was going straight out. It would be like a rocket, and then all of a sudden it did a snake, like a snake maneuver. It went side, you know, how it, they wind back and forth. It right. Uh-huh. Five times, straightened out. It was flying again, and then it did it again, and then it just went out of sight. It was the oddest thing I've ever seen.
3: Wow. Hmm. Yeah, that's a new Yeah,
0: I don't – yeah, that is a new one. I don't think I've heard of okay. a UFO sighting to refer to it that way.
1: I've never – so, the plane ain't going to do that. The plane's not going to be traveling as fast as this thing was either.
3: Right.
0: Right.
1: Range.
3: Wow.
0: Okay, well, there you go. You're now qualified to be back into the community.
2: <laughs> you know,
0: uh, Shannon put up a post on her fray page before she got thrown into jail about the uh, black rings that are, and some seem like a smoke ring. I don't know. Have you guys seen any of those oh. photographs floating around in the last year?
1: Yeah, I've seen and that there video. Was, two different videos.
0: Yeah, on. that one video was creepy where all the cars were pulled over on the side of the road and, you know, the. I think it was a I think it was a guy that was shooting the video and the girlfriend was kind of talking and narrating it. But this thing didn't look like a smoke ring. It just looked like a solid mass ring just floating in the sky. A, I'm like, "Okay, I don't see anything on there that would represent a drone of some sort. You don't hear any noise from it." Which, you know how it is with drones, they do put it off, you know that buzzy, noisy, irritating sound, but these
1: things yeah, are weird. Say- and then I
0: saw Shannon posted the other day from uh, Coast to Coast AM, and she just shared it, of another one. It kind of looks more like a black smoke ring, but I see these things are popping up all over the states and worldwide. I don't yeah, know what that's I, I, all about either.
1: I was thinking, you know, this probably, you know, how people can blow a smoke ring who smoke sometimes. I was thinking right. about people like a volcano that's doing it but if you look at those pictures there's no there's no mountains anywhere in sight that this picture right came from.
0: right oh. no 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 these yeah i mean that one video i don't know if any of you have seen it of the you know the cars are all pulled over on the side of the interstate it's just it's woodlands there's really nothing there they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere and here's this black ring just hovering in the sky and from the video i would guess it was probably maybe 200 feet up and it was motionless it just sat there motionless and people are all looking at it going wow what the hell is that thing and then from there i see more and more and more postings of these broad who knows I uh, who knows i mean so bobby at least you got to see a ufo i know jen you saw one what Month or so ago, something like that. Well, he, he's like, "Oh, it was really I mean... no big deal," and I'm like,
1: "Dude, that was well... a cool UFO."
2: You got yeah, the one I...
1: When I saw two years ago up in uh, deer hunting the first night there. That mm-hmm. that was a UFO. That was it was one of those orbs that are kind of bluish white, glowing. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And it was right behind and underneath a jet airliner and it
0: had the whole uh, underside of it lit up. Ah, right. Yes, yes, yes. I remember you sharing that story. Yeah, that's... There's something going on there. Uh, um, high intelligence. Yeah, with that experience. Yeah, I remember you sharing that story and that it was yeah right underneath the airliner like that.
1: What a yeah, crazy what,
0: place to hide, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah, we'll just hide underneath this airplane, and they won't see us. Uh-uh. Yeah, what-
1: days i gotta tell you guys uh when I went up uh camping uh this august to uh film the location where I saw my first bigfoot Uh-huh was exactly one month one month past the date, and I had uh, another experience that night that was uh the, the next morning that's where I got sick, and they had to call nine one one to come and rescue me
2: right right right
1: uh-huh. but i had I had my sixth experience that night. Well, wow. I to, yeah, I'm not a suppose maybe that's what created all your illness to begin with. I, I was kind of wondering if it, like, hit me with infrasound and it triggered it or,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or what. But right. But it was kind of kind of a big coincidence, and I probably picked it off because I had a, a, a remote control light on the outside of my tent where my food was in case a bear came by because I didn't put it right. in a tree. So uh, when I heard it, it was probably the thing was probably sixty seventy feet from my tent, getting into uh,
2: uh-huh. garbage
1: can, and I clicked the light on. And when I did, um, a little one, not a big one, I, uh, there was a, a little one there. I'm very sure of. Uh, did two grunts, and then uh-huh. everything went everything went silent. The big one was lifting up garbage can lid. You hear it pick it up set it back down. There were three garbage cans there that were not bear-proof. And then two minutes later, um, after that little one grunted, they didn't hear any more sound, and then uh, further down in the campground, there were four other people, like a big circle shaped area. There was like, imagine four corners, and they were camped like that. Somewhere in between them, you hear this big, Pow! And then you hear, you know how you hear when a tree starts to they're cutting and it starts falling down, mm. a crackling sound? Mm-hmm. You hear that pow! And then you hear that crackling sound, and then you hear it hit the ground. Good. <laughs> and dead silence. The rest, the rest of the time. Wow. Wow. I'm sure. Well, there you
0: go, Sean. There's your Bigfoot story for tonight.
1: Yeah, that's something else.
0: Yeah. Right. Wow. See, I keep saying wow because it's like, and all of us have had just such a cool story, and then to gather it all up into one room. That's fantastic. Hey, Jennifer.
2: Hmm. Free Shannon. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> yes, free free Shannon. No, here we go. I have another drink. <laughs> free Shannon, free Shannon, free Shannon. <laughs> no, see, I, knew I knew somebody would do <laughs> that. <laughs>
3: Right. Oh my gosh. All right. We'll
0: we'll we'll get Jennifer to put a fifth away before the night's over.
3: <laughs> well, I get quiet. So I'll just listen to you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because I'm drooling and I'm just doping out. <laughs> it's is like, hey,
3: uh-huh. I'm having like,
0: a good time over I'm here.
3: Just, I'm holding space for for the group.
0: <laughs> well, Bobby, I appreciate you sharing that story, Jira. That that I'm that one I have to digest for a while, um, yeah,
2: me too. i'll yeah,
0: I'll search around and see what I can find too, as far as maybe people that have had that experience and maybe would know what it is the The only thing that comes to my mind is uh, uh yeah, what's their name? Uh, the traveling museum, Sean, uh, Craig and Dana.
1: We're- New Kirk, yes, the Newkirk's. Yeah, the Newkirk's.
0: Now, you know, they have artifacts, and I don't know if any of you have seen the video of the uh, when they were doing the ultrasound. And,
3: no, yeah, they couldn't even get the
0: thing. Oh, I'm telling you, that's crazy in itself. Clearly, there's something going on with some of their artifacts. So then I'm wondering, hmm, maybe there's an artifact that's holding this energy in this funeral home that gets out every once in a while and just needs to be contained. And that's what those two, the Newkirk's are really, they're, they're not proficient in it, but they're starting to get more and more answers as to how to maybe contain some of these, you know, objects that are relatively haunted or have a possession about them. Crazy in itself. So who's to say there's not something in that funeral home that just it needs to be contained back within that vessel, and maybe that's what's pushing you around. But I will definitely hit the buttons here and take a look and see if I can't find any other people that may have had a similar experience, and maybe they can narrow it down, or have narrowed it down already. And I'll be happy to share that with you if I. But thank you, Sarah. That's a great story. I. I, yeah, I say so it's a great story because now. it didn't affect me, but thank you for sharing it. It's kind of what I mean. You know, thanks for sharing that. I'm sorry that you've had that experience and that you've suffered the wounds that you did, but at least you have a battle scar to take away from. Yeah, well, wow, where did you get I... that scar from? Yeah, well, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> right? So, yeah, that's fantastic. And yes, Sean, you will be on the show. You've got to share your what what did you say that, that Juan referred to it as? Uh uh Ultra
1: terrestrial.
0: Uh, terrestrial. I've never heard that term either, but ultra terrestrial encounter. Dude, I am I can't wait to hear that story. I'm sorry, but I can't unless you want to share it now, but I can't yes. wait to hear that story.
3: You should tell yeah, all he, the listeners where they can listen to Sean. His, his it's website.
0: Arcane Radio. If you don't know Fork Chop Forker by now, then forget you, you're not a you're not a you're not in the cool club.
2: <laughs>
0: Arcaneradio.com. com. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, the three of you guys do an amazing job with the show. And I know you had your turbulence and ups and downs, and so has, you know, the Caravan of Lore. And, of course, previous to that was the Acrylic branch, And things would just constantly keep falling apart. It's like, God, stop doing this. We're trying to do a quality show here, and the gremlins gremlins just kept interfering. So, yeah, that was our thing. So. You know, fortunately, we've been able to work out a lot of the wrinkles, and it's been going a lot better. But, yeah, your quality on your last show, it was very entertaining. And, you know, I know the lawn's got his uh, his book in production right now and, and doing all the, the Mothman investigation or flying humanoid in Chicago. I'm right here. And I've been down there a half a dozen times now, you know, and I look around and I'm like – I can't make heads or tails as to what's going on here. But some of these stories that are coming out of Chicago are absolutely mind-blowing. Where now, what was it, last week, Sean, where this thing actually pushed into the back of a car while they were sitting in their car in a parking lot and then jumped on the hood of the car and starts, you know, swinging its claw at the windshield and the red eyes and the thing had big wings and it took off. What? What? the f is happening here and it's right in my neighborhood so i don't know
1: are we dealing There's, with several things here i don't know i'm,
0: you know, I'm right you know i i had a, an interview with uh linda godfrey a couple of weeks back you know and i i brought it up to her i'm like you know i have a feeling that all these things are kind of linked together somehow it's just that we're on the outside observing each individual experience, but I think somehow they're all linked together, or there's a string that ties them all together somehow. I, and I don't know what it is, and I'm not sure I would be able to handle all the information and to understand what it really is. But I don't know. That's just kind of my take on it. I think that there might be, you know, an association between the orbs and a Bigfoot and a Dogman and the Mothman and you know, who knows what other cryptids are wandering around? The Hat Man, the aliens, the black-eyed kids. That's all of it.
3: Um, yes? What? Go ahead.
1: Dan. Um, yes? A while back when uh, you were doing the videos, you were out on the road uh, filming or doing takes of uh, where the Mothman encounters were. Right. I can't remember if you had a map or something like that. So I was looking at the map, and all of them seem to be near water and major right. intersections. Is that still the case?
0: Um, well, the Sean, I think there's been a bigger majority of them happening in one neighborhood in the city, which is the Little Village neighborhood.
1: Yeah, Little um, Village, area. Which, which is
0: which is just slightly south south or it's east southeast of downtown chicago um it's it's a more of a hispanic neighborhood and there seems to be kind of a focal point of a lot of activity right in that area now i've been through that area in the last month i've been through that area about 12 times and as i go through there you know i'm looking at the river canals and so on and I'm not expecting to see anything, but at least I'm taking the time to look to see if I see something, you know, and I'm, I've been there at twilight, you know, just coming down to sunset. It seems like a lot of these encounters are just after sunset, not at two or three in the morning. Not that it's limited to that, but it seems like, yes, that there's water and more open space. And I think there was another, uh, Post that line put up that this thing was actually seen flying between the buildings in downtown Chicago. Uh, crap! I thought pigeons were bad, but that that would probably take the cake seeing this flying humanoid flying between the buildings. That uh, that's scary. Oh, oh, one flying yeah. off Sears uh, Tower, right?
1: Um, yeah, there
0: was one. Yeah, it was witnessed that it was standing on one of the levels if you're unfamiliar with the willis tower or sears tower i still refer to it as the sears tower but it changed names but there's several different platforms as the building goes up so it has you know multi decks of different roofs and it was seen on one of the lower roofs but still the lower roof i think was 80 stories up but it was seen standing up there and then just kind of took off and started flying and i'm like uh this is not a you know a jumpsuit or a wingsuit or anything um way too dangerous or otherwise people would be doing it it more and more you know if it if it was a wingsuit believe me there'd be a plethora of people jumping and flying through the cities all the time and it would be a nuisance but they don't because it is so dangerous oh it's extremely dangerous so that's why they don't do it so i don't believe that, and from the witness encounters, I just don't see this as a wingsuit. Not, not when the thing takes off straight off up in the air. Wingsuits don't do that without jet propulsion or some sort of loud propulsion system. <laughs> when the thing takes off and it's silent and you just hear Here's it screeching. There's
3: for you.
2: Yeah, okay, good.
3: <laughs> if you have the opportunity to try a wingsuit, would you do it?
2: No. Um. It, uh, see,
0: I've I've had to do a static line jump out of the you know tail of a C-130. That was fun. But I don't know if I. Eh, Winks. I'll go in one of those wind tunnels. That would be fun. Float around in that thing
1: for a while. What about but, you, Sean? Yeah. Nope, 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 nope. Gravity. I'm a little husky and gravity. <laughs> nope. Just, just working against you. And Bobby? <laughs> Maybe a hang glider.
3: Hey, all right. And Jara?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I'd do
3: it. Right on. Okay, so I we'll think, sign Jara
0: up. He's a volunteer
3: for
1: wingsuiting. Better get a big one. Really? You know... I <laughs>
3: i was I was in search and rescue, and we were practicing um you know the getting people on the i can't even think right now um on those stretcher things and then lowering them down like if they were on the side of a cliff or something like that and um so we went up on the top of this five story parking lot or whatever and I was the guinea pig that got strapped down to the uh, thing and they lowered me down well (laughs) I had just gotten off the side of the building and I'm hanging there and one of the knots slipped and so it went from you know a laying down position to being an up and down position and I grabbed onto the Uh rope you know the only thing that held me onto the lowering rope was my carabiner hooked to my pants to the rope that was around my waist, and that was that was absolutely terrifying. Um,
0: so who was on the disciplinary list that day for not making sure that you were completely
2: safe?
3: Well, it was somebody else's knot. It was some somebody <laughs> yeah. else was practicing the. Uh huh. Knots and, and but everything was double double checked. I don't really remember what happened, but you know it was it was terrifying. I think that, but I think that maybe, maybe I might be able to do one of those fly, suit things. Yeah,
0: squirrel suit, right?
3: <laughs> I'll go be a squirrel. Well,
0: you're talking some serious speed, so you'd have to be able to, you know, to be able to handle right.
2: some
0: pretty high speeds because. These guys are cruising at you know two hundred plus miles an hour.
2: Right. It,
0: you can bring yourself and slow yourself. You do have manipulation, you know, to control your speed, but still, you're you're cooking through the air pretty fast. But I don't know. So there Sean's the No Go. Huh? All right.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right. What was that? Shh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, my phone's dying, and, I've, yeah. and I love this.
0: Yeah, well, and uh, we'll do Sean, another call in. thank you. Jira, pleasure, thank you. You're Bobby, right. thank, yes, thank, thank you. Man. I really appreciate it. You guys have a wonderful rest of the night. I'm glad you're home safe. Yay. <laughs>
1: thank you, and thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, and well, course, we'll talk again. Well, uh, we really look thanks, to Sean.
3: Talking
1: to you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. Hey,
2: Great. Go. Okay. Go yep. ahead.
1: Free
2: Shannon. Oh. Wow. Oh, okay. Hey. All right. Hang on. Wait. Here we go. All right. Free <laughs> Shannon. Wow.
0: Oh my God. I got one shot left. One shot left, He You did the last free Shannon. Was that you, Sean?
2: Oh yeah.
0: No. Well, okay. Here we go. It's it's <laughs> last shot. Free mm. Shannon. Wow. Man, that is some strong stuff. Woo. Hey, I'm smiling. Hey,
2: what are, what Thanks.
0: Are you drinking? What I'm, I'm drinking a coffee liqueur, and Jennifer's over there drinking rum.
3: Yeah, I got straight
0: rum. <laughs> <laughs> go for the punch stuff real quick. Play.
3: Playing pirate.
0: Thanks, guys. We'll talk real soon. I appreciate you joining in on the conversation tonight. It was cool information.
1: Bye, guys. Thank <music> you.